get and see what's going on. Uh, I told you that the title would be The Great False Religious Leader. And he will be rising up very, very soon. And we'll probably know within the next few months how it's going. So keep your eyes on what's going on in the world as far as the religious leaders are concerned. And he'll deceive, when he comes, he's going to deceive not just a few hundred people, but he's going to deceive hundreds of millions of people because he's going to proclaim, come back, our wayward daughters. And our wayward daughters will come back. And there's going to be a lot of Christians that get busy and fall in on that too. Because basically those that are baptized in, G in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, they claim as their daughters. So we have to remember that. We have to pray for people. And I mean really pray. And then we've got apostolic people that don't know what they are or who they are or what's going to happen. And they need to know that not a lot of churches are preaching this right now. So we got to tell everybody. And don't tell them I'm doing it. Just tell them it's from the Lord. Because that's exactly who it's from. All right. In a letter concerning the second coming of Christ, the Apostle Paul wrote, Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together with him. And he said... Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the gathering together unto him. That's what we're looking for, is when he comes back, we want to get a hold of him. We want to walk with him. We want to talk with him. We want to work with him and make this a new heaven and a new earth like he told us we was going to. But we've got to be ready for what comes before his coming, okay? It says, uh, he then cautioned God's people, this is the Apostle Paul, and he cautioned their people that you be not shaken in mind or in troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter, as from us. And when he says that from us, he's a telling you to be strong, be strong when you walk with Jesus, when you talk with him. Uh, as you do your work at home, talk to God. You don't have to be on your knees all the time. But you have to be in communication and be in listening to what he has to say. And this is what Paul's talking about. He says, as the day of Christ is at hand. Now that sounds like he was going to come right then. But that wasn't what Paul meant. He thought, he hoped he'd come right then, not in Paul's lifetime, but he didn't. But what he's saying is that whenever it comes time, you be ready. He's telling the children of God to be ready because we're going to go through a whole lot of stuff. And we can be saved from a lot of it. But it's going to depend on us and our prayers and our walk with God daily. Not just coming to Sunday school or on Wednesday night. We've got to walk with God every day in our homes, in our work. 
and talk to as many people as you can talk about that Jesus is coming soon and we've got to get there. All right? said some people were even writing letters. Now, I didn't know this for a while, but I found it out. And pretending they sent them from Paul. They wrote it to them, and then they, Paul sent it to them for them to come and tell the church what to do. Now, it's going to get bad. It's really going to get bad because there's going to be things that Brother Hoseclaw said. Of course, that's a lot of Brother Hoseclaws. But they're going to be saying that we say things that wasn't there. There was a lady called the other day and talked to him and said, Now, Brother Hoseclaw, do you remember when you said this, this, and this? And he thought, and he said, No, I don't. Well, now, I know what you were preaching on. Oh, that was bad because he went directly after he hung up the phone, got the message out and read it. There wasn't anything in there like she said. He said, so we've got to be careful. We've got to be very careful. One thing about it, he and I both have notes on everything we minister on. And we keep them. And that's the reason why. So when people say, well, you said, we can look at it and say, no, we didn't. Because it isn't there. Keep a watch that you might clearly see this great false religious leader that will rise up before Christ returns to the earth. Ask a few questions here, or ask a question. What will be the attitude and the modus operandi of this great false prophet? What's, what's he coming up for? What's he going to do? And how's he going to do it? The Bible tells us. He opposes and he exalts himself above all that is called God. That's what his idea is. And that is worshipped. He don't want them to worship God. He wants them to worship him. So he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Boy, you talk about self-conceit. That's exactly what he has. A lot of conceit. But he's got the devil behind him and pushing him forward. Not only that, but he's going to be deceiving millions of people as he ministers that word because it's going to be so false and so out of Scripture. But that doesn't matter because he's God and he can change his mind. But God said, I am God and I change not. And that means you listen to me and you do what I tell you and you won't get in trouble. And that's what happens. And then many Christians are going to fall in. As I said at the beginning, many Christians are going to fall in on what this man's going to do. He will have supernatural power. Now, don't let that fool you because we've seen people go Oh, did you hear what happened over here at this church? Did you hear what happened over at that church? I tell you, it was just wonderful the way God moved. And yet all at the same time, nobody hardly was listening to what was going on and things were going on. And it's important that we listen to what's going on in church 
so that we can read the Bible then and see if it's the truth. And we don't want anything that's untrue. In Revelations chapter 13, well, no, let's go back one more time. He said, the, the Bible says, he will have the ability to perform great miracles such as causing fire to come down out of the sky. In Revelation 13, 13 and 14. And he doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Now I know I'm read it uh, twice that I had it written down, but one time was just to let you know it. The next time to let you know where to find it. Okay? In the 14th verse it said, And deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. Now, why did that, why was that put in there? Because at this time, that false prophet is trying to impress the man that is called the beast. Look what I can do. I can help you. We can work together. Mm -hmm. Just go on. And he says, by those means which he had power to do in the sight of the beast saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by the sword and did live. Now that right there speaks to me of the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire. Because it was brought down by the sword. And it was put, they thought dead, completely out of order. But they're finding out there are parts of it that's still alive. And it'll come back. And we've got to hold on. Uh -huh. When the Roman Empire was at its height, it was going around killing anybody that was in the way or we call them Christians today alright there was great wars that came at that time I mean they warred with England they warred with uh, Denmark they warred with other places where the Christians were they brought them down eventually there is no Roman Empire over there now there is a Roman Catholic Church but there's no empire now because they had killed a lot of their soldiers. I mean, these people were evil, wicked. There wasn't anything that they wouldn't do to hurt God's people and to kill them. And sometimes you need to go into some of your books, especially uh, the Britannica Encyclopedia. That tells quite a bit about it. But they are wicked people, and they think they died, but now they're going to rise again because there are descendants and there are people that are over there that will come back and they will rise and it will be the beast power okay 
the great false religious leader will have tremendous impact on the Western world. America is considered in this as well as Canada. And make no mistake about it, we are going to face it. As a matter of fact, they're trying their best to get in right now. If the United States goes with what the United Nations want and some of the rest, we will no longer live under our Constitution, but we will live under the instructions and the, uh, how do I say that? The, the laws, we have to live under the laws of the United Nations. And they are not fair and they are not just. But that's exactly what it's all about. America right now is gullible. And if you don't believe it, listen to some of the things that's said on television. And then it is no time till they're completely denied and said, I didn't say that. I didn't do, well now I didn't mean it that way. Yes, they did. But they got so much static from it that they're backing down. But they're still there and it's still in their mind and it's still out on the uh, news broadcast. And it'll be more so because she will not give glory to God, nor respect to God, and will not serve God. And she refuses to believe that Jesus Christ was God in the flesh. That's your false prophet. She rejects God's laws, commandments, judges, statutes. And our government is dishonest with people and dishonors God. Citizens are following their leadership Parents are not teaching nor training their children to love and believe the scriptures. That is so important in this day, even for the little bitty ones. Now, we have one grandchild that's teaching their children about God, and that child is two years old. Oh, that's ridiculous. No, it isn't, because she wants that child raised to know that God is real and that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh come down to save his people. But I've got 17, no, I've got 19, we've got 19 grandchildren now and that's the only one I know of that's actually teaching their child. And that grieves me because they all know God but they're not teaching their children while they're younger so their children can grow up knowing and believing there is a God and we will serve him. Now, I, I wouldn't expect a two-year-old to know what I'm talking about this morning or this evening, but they let me tell you something. When they grow older, they'll understand it. So they need to be told. Therefore, most youth have no respect for God, and they don't have any respect for other people's property. Our neighbor across the street had a truck, and he had it in the uh, barn garage. They got in there, or nobody knows why, they broke all the window lights out, the front, the back, the sides, and they did as much damage to that truck as they could, and nobody knows why. It was just there. But they had no respect. 
That wasn't their property. They shouldn't have even been on that property, whoever it was. But that's the way it goes today. Young people don't respect their parents. They don't respect their teachers. They don't respect their friends, and they do not respect their self. If they did, there would be a lot of changes. But now that comes from the parents. That can't come from Sunday school teachers, and that can't come from pastors. That's got to come from the parent. You need to watch for these things so that you'll not be misled or deceived by him, the very soon-coming false prophet. And Paul says, or by any man. Let nobody deceive you. Watch your children. Correct them in their wrongdoings and especially in their erring way, ways to God. When they disrespect God, you call them down and get a hold of them. Because, hon, that's the utmost sin to all parents and to the children. Keep alert. Keep your eyes open. Matthew 24, 4 says, Take heed that no one deceives you. And that's Jesus telling us that. He knows how strong this individual is, how cunning he is, how charismatic he is, how, oh my, isn't he a beautiful speaker? Oh, he says the best words. It isn't the best words and it isn't the good speaker that matters. It's what's he saying. Is he leading you astray with all this lovey-dovey smooth stuff? Or are you wide enough awake in Jesus Christ that you can say, hey, that's not true. God said no. And that's exactly what we're going to have to do. We've got to know the Word of God. We've got to obey it. And you and your family will not be one of those many millions who will be deceived by the soon coming false prophet and will end up in eternal hell. Now, I know that's pretty strong. But, honey, if you follow him, that's exactly where you're going to be. Because he's going there. And if you want to go everywhere with him, there you go. And your children will go. Tell the children. Tell the children. We've got a lot of beautiful children here in New Haven. Just lovely children. But they don't know God. For the most part, they don't know God. They come to Sunday school and they sit here. And, well, so-and-so's a good teacher. I just love her. We do this, we do that, we do something else. But you seldom hear them say, she taught us the Word of God. And that's important, that we teach them the Word of God with such force and such emphasis. We believe this ourselves. We've got to convey it to those children that it's the truth. Because we believe it's the truth. And the Bible says it's the truth. We need to understand. Well, no, I'm off on that a minute. 
If you know God's word, obey it. Okay. Next part, that's in the part seven. Now that's what? A night and a half on part seven. Now we go to part eight. The gospel of the kingdom of God preached to all nations. I wonder if we realize how many places now that churches that are large are sending over seas, iPods, iPads, all those nice little gadgets for Christians to listen to in their home that the neighbors don't know anything about. And Jay Seclo's one of them that's got some over there. And um, the fellow on Sunday morning, the Egyptian, Yusuf. Joseph Yusuf. He has got a fantastic thing going on. But it's going to all nations. That's fulfilling of Scripture. It didn't say people would go take it there. It would say the word is going to be preached to all nations. And it's going. It's going to the places it cannot. They will not allow Christianity. They are getting Christianity. Because they're getting gifts in the mail. Little gifts. Nothing great big. Nothing like a big Bible. Although they're getting those over there too. Voice of Martyrs takes Bibles from all over the world and gives them to people so they can have them. One man, a couple of months ago, we read, and he takes, every time he goes someplace and can get a Bible, he gets it. And he brings it home and puts it in a piece of plastic, wraps it up, and buries it in his front yard or backyard or side yard. He buries it. Because he said, if they come and find one of them, they can't find the others. Now that's looking ahead because he knows one of these days they're going to catch him reading a Bible and they're going to tear it up and probably beat him or maybe even put him in prison. But he wants the word so bad. And we've got it in our home and how many times do we pick it up and read it? I mean, really read it not just for the story. But children, we've got to get a hold of God. We've got to study Matthew 24 in earnest, as if our very life depended upon it, because there is knowledge that God himself, Jesus Christ, taught us. That we, he tells us, don't be afraid, don't be deceived. Let it don't trouble you. No, don't trouble you. When you hear these things coming to pass, don't trouble you, but pray about it. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. That's exactly what he wants us to do all the time. Well, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I can't do it all the time. Honey, you can do it driving to work. You can do it washing dishes, scrubbing floors. There's lots of times I know of one person that took their Bible and went to the bathroom on a break and sat there and read and praised God and glorified God. There's all kinds of ways that we can do this if we just put our head to it. 
tell us, uh, the disciples asked, tell us when these sh things shall be. And verse 3 says, what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus then proceeds to warn them about the false prophets. Believe me, we've got them in America today. And they're overseas today trying to deceive people too. Wars. There's almost a war in every country. We've got a war right here in America and we don't realize it. This particular religious group says they're going to win all of America and they're not going to fire a shot. Well, we've got people leaving our churches and they're winning them into their churches and they haven't fired a shot. Why? Because we say one thing with our mouth and we act another way with our actions. So be careful when you want to blow your stack and tell somebody off. Uh-uh. You be nice, you be sweet, and you realize that God's got control. And let God control your tongue and witness for Jesus instead of saying, well, he had no business saying that about me. But Jesus does, and let him take care of it, all right? Jesus also told them about World War III that was coming. And honey, it's right at our doorstep. There are some countries overseas that right now all they need is a rocket that will carry it all the way from their country to ours. And one of the countries thinks they've got it. So we're not as comfortable, we shouldn't be as comfortable as most of us are saying, oh, we're in America, we're safe. Uh-uh, not anymore. And what about those in famines? We talked a little bit about that before. Famines, where people get so hungry they kill their children and eat their children. Newborn babies. Years ago, I believe it's in Hitler's time, they even had a recipe of how to use them. We talked about all this. And God help us to remember that we need to prepare for a famine. And if we prepare for a famine now, God will take care of things. But you know, God just don't bring down a basket of groceries and hand it to you and say, there you are, I understand you need something. It don't work that way. From our personal experience, and I'll guarantee you we've had times that it was famine at our house, but God saw to it that somewhere back in the corner there was a can of soup. I didn't know. I didn't see it. The last time I looked for it, I didn't see it. There was other things that just somehow or other it was there. I prepared for it. I did the best I could. And time and, and money just went out the window. But God took care of it. But I had to do my part when I had the money to buy it. And what I did was to buy two or three cans. 
Oh, I, I walked in Walmart the other day. I got to tell you this. I don't know if it's still there or not. They had corn, green beans, peas, and a couple more things for 49 cents a can. Well, that's great. I mean, usually the case, it's anywhere from 65 cents to a dollar. Depends on what store you go to. But boy, I sure was glad they had it. Yeah. So, I mean, we've got to prepare. Disease epidemics. We heard tonight that there's a new bacteria out. And they don't have any cure for it. And people in the hospitals and doctor's offices and places are catching it there. And getting it. This is nothing but God coming back. He said, I will punish my people for the acts that you do, for the things that you break my commandments. I, I will punish you for those things. His word says that. And we believe him. He says, I am God and I change not. Yes, he loves us. He loves us as a good parent. And he's tried every way in the world to tell us how much he loves us and for us to turn around and start loving him back the same way as he loves us but then we don't everything's going good so why should i do this i want to go do that i don't want to go to church tonight i want to go here i want to go there i want to do this i want to do that no no god said for us to get ourselves together even the more so as that day is approaching and it is approaching fast. Earthquakes. There was some more of this last week. And all these are just the beginning of sorrows. Okay. In verse 9, he goes on to say, Then they will deliver you up to tribulation. This coming great tribulation will affect the church as well as all the nations of Israel, America, the British Isles, Australia, the Netherlands, Canada, Denmark, all of those. They're going to be after them again. And they will kill some of you. They will. But will you be ready to die so when Jesus comes back, he can raise you up. Good idea. Think about it. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And there are some nations right now that hate America so bad that they want to destroy it. And our government is so intelligent at sending them money and guns that they can do it. Mm -hmm. It's the truth. But yet they're ready to cut down on the poor man in this hour of need rather than to stop the money that's going over there for that. They're ready to take people out of prisons that deserve to be in prisons for one It, televisions and, and all those nice little things they've got in prisons now because they don't want to work them. Oh, yeah. Boy, do they have health care. They walk in with bad teeth and come out with a brand new pair of false teeth 
And maybe they're not there but a year or six months. I had a cousin. I'm not even going to tell his name because some of you would know who he is. But I had a cousin that went there to prison for something, really, that he should never have had to go to prison for. But he did. And they did not give him any treatment because of who he was and what he did. But I don't know of very many men that wouldn't have done what he did if they caught the same situation in their house, in their own bed. And he died. He died. In prison. But the rest of them that killed somebody else, that deliberately murdered them, that tortured them, they're still in prison. Come on. That's the country we live in. That's the country we live in. Here is our hope. But he that endures to the end shall be saved. Now, if you die, and you die a Christian, and you die under circumstances where you're standing up for God, then that's all right. You're still going to be all right. You'll be saved. But if you don't, you'll be in trouble. The end of our physical lives is individual. But this also applies to those that are alive at the end of the age. But you will be transformed at the end of the age from this humanity to a spiritual body that will never die. We've got to realize that Jesus is signifying the end of 6,000 years of human experience and sin under the influence of Satan, the devil, which is heralded by the second coming of Jesus Christ as King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus mentions in verse 14 another sign that must happen before his coming, and it's happening right now. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. And then there's a list. As missionaries go forth, as the radio opens up, the television, the iPads, iPods, and you and I witnessing. You and I witnessing. And prayer warriors. We talked about that Sunday, I believe. Something was mentioned about prayer warriors. And honey, we need a lot of prayer warriors in the church. If you can't do anything, you can always pray. And that's not putting you down either. This gospel is great news, but it contains a warning. Did you catch the warning? Every nation on earth, not just a few, will hear as this as the witness. Not to convert them. Now listen to this, not to convert them, but as a testimony of God's future intentions. See, he still gives them the opportunity to choose. When they hear the gospel, will they choose to serve him or will they choose not to? This is not the time when God's trying to convert everybody. And many ministers who are trying to save the world now 
would have to believe it. They really have to believe it, but they don't. They teach it otherwise. God is not going around like a lonely puppy, wagging his tail and hoping someone will pay attention to him. Though his sin, through his sins, man has cut himself off from God. Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2. Then Jesus said in John 6, 44, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up in the last days. That's exactly what I'm saying. If you die, God will raise you up in the last days. Paul tells us death is but a sleep. We don't get transformed and go up there and float around like never, never land. There's nothing in the scriptures that will tell you that. But you go to sleep and your spirit goes back to God, but it goes back to God. I, I hear people talk about what they expect, but believe me, it's not right. And you can't get them to, talk, uh, to listen to you when you tell them it's not right. This is the only way God can come to, uh, one can come to God. God's church is proclaiming the gospel. And he's witnessing to humanity so that those who are will seek him. Our daily speech, our daily glorifying God, our dress, our actions. Of course, I've already talked to Louise and Sharon about their dress. And Margaret, yeah. Letting people see, hear, feel Christ through our daily living, victorious over the devil, daily. And let me tell you something. That old boy will come along, and he'll make you think everything in the world. He will torment you. He will even interrupt you so you can't listen to what I'm saying. Okay? Whoever has their mind opened by God can understand. Are you being part of God's witness program right now? Are you obeying his word, his laws, his love, his commandments? Are you? Okay. Number nine. Have I got number nine on there? On your... Okay. I'll do my best. Faith again, comes by the matter of life or death. Revelations chapter 12, verse 17, and Revelations chapter 14, verse 12, tells us to watch for the persecution of Christians and the church of God's people that keeps the commandments of God so that we will know who to trust, who to believe in that day. Because if you remember in Hitler's time, children turned their parents in to Hitler 
and they were either imprisoned or killed. Friends, ha-ha. Neighbors, ha-ha. Other family members caused the people to be killed because they believe in God and they didn't believe in what he was saying and doing. Jesus also tells us in Matthew 24, 9, then they will deliver you up, kill you. Here in this group of people are his genuine disciples. He doesn't want you to be afraid of that. He tells you not to be afraid. Don't be troubled. This is just something that's going to happen. And if you expect it, it won't bother you so much. The Apostle John gave the church and anyone who reads the Bible a test that can be used to determine who is a bona fide Christian and who only masquerades as one. Quote, Now by this we know that we know him. If we keep his commandments, he who says, I know him, I know Jesus, and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Oh, the Bible wouldn't say something like that. But 1 John chapter 2, verse 3 and 4 says, it did. So we've got to believe what it says. It is these commandments, these commandment-keeping Christians who will be persecuted. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated again of all nations for my name's sake. It is politically incorrect to talk about Jesus in public. It's not against the law. It's just politically incorrect. Okay, that's Matthew 24 and verse 9. Jesus clearly foresaw that the world would be full of religious confusion during the end time. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. I know I'm repeating it, but that's the only way we're going to learn and to remember is having it over and over again. That is Matthew 24, 11. Only the few seem to understand, only those called by God, what is the result of this spiritual blindness and confusion? If we don't know the word, we can't prove it, not even to ourselves. It's there. 
God's people will be persecuted at the time of the end, just as the early Christians faced vicious attacks. If the world hates you, Jesus told his disciples, and this certainly applies to us, his disciples today. You know that it hated me before it hated you. And if you were of the world, the world would love its own. Did you hear that? If you were of the world, the world would love its own. And yet, because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, Jesus is saying, therefore the world hates you. And honey, they do. They do. That would be found in St. John 15, verses 8 and 19. This present society around us will become increasingly hostile to God's people and the moral standards they live by. Why? Because they don't want to live by moral standards. If you don't believe it, just take a walk downtown sometime and see how they're dressed and how they behave themselves. Indecent exposure, indecent acts, the talk is so filthy you don't even want to be around it. But you hear enough just passing by them. You don't have to stay and listen to it. The political, the business, the media, the culture, the religious elites will feel condemned by the true church of God, which will not compromise regarding God's word. God's church will be politically incorrect. And this world will feel guilty because we tell them about Jesus and we talk about God and we do it with such enthusiasm, with such love for him. They know that we do. If the scripture reveals to you some truth that may be inconvenient, embarrassing, personally or financially costly, would you react to it? If God came to you and said, I want you to do this and this, now it's according to Scripture, but I want you to go do it now. Oh my, if I did, they'd think I was a nutcase. If I did, they'd think I was trying to interfere in their life. But then again, would you be angry at God because he's meddling in your life? God says he has a right to tell you what is God's church. I'll turn two pages. God says he has a right to tell you what is God's church, what in God's church will be politically correct or incorrect. All right? And this world will feel guilty. I said that before. Amen. I see what I have done. I guess it was important because I copied that other page all over. Okay, here we go. You're going to get the second dose of it. How about you? If the scripture reveals to you some truth that may be inconvenient, embarrassing, or personally or financially costly, what would your reaction be? 
Again, I'm going to leave it with you. Will you become angry at God because he's meddling in your affairs? Come on. God says he has a right to tell you what is right and wrong in the most sensitive areas of your life. Hey, I didn't get all of that either. You sit at a typewriter all day and see what you do. And I'm not the world's greatest typist. If you could read some of this, you'd know why I stuttered, because I spelled words wrong. Some people will even start spitting and hatred at the mere thought that someone else seeks to impose his values on them. And they will not like it. All animals and human beings blink when suddenly exposed to light when they've been in the darkness. They do not like that bright light. And so it is with the light of truth. Remember what Jesus said. The words I say unto you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. St. John 15 and 20. Did the religious and political authorities of Jesus' times keep his word? No, they did not. Are they keeping the word of God today? No, they are not. They crucified him instead, but Jesus continued, quote, But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. John 15 and 21. And I did it. It's 8 o'clock. He's got to get up early in the morning and go to work. And I thank you for bringing your mother to church tonight. Because otherwise than that, she wouldn't have got here. And I can understand that, and I respect it. But not many sons would do that and trust us to get out at 8 o'clock. Would you stand, please?